Welcome to the From Overwhelmed to Fulfilled podcast, where it's all about moving out of overwhelm and into fulfillment in your relationships, your business, your finances, your health. I'm your host, Selena Kipnis, a certified life coach and yoga teacher trainer. Welcome to episode 59, Tree Hugging. (laughs) What a fun episode. So my intention is to connect you and to connect with you today. One of my clients sent me a message yesterday that she's really curious to hear about like what's going on in my life and the challenges that I'm going through. And I think it's really important for us to see our coaches, our teachers, those people who we think are like enlightened in some way to also see their humanness as well, right? Like we don't want to put anyone on a pedestal because even the greatest teachers, you know, we always see these preachers having their fall from glory, right? And it's just like, you know what, you guys, we're all human, Every one of us, we have different seasons in life. Some are easier, some are harder. Sometimes we're like showing up as our best self and sometimes we're not. And those are our opportunities for growth. So first I'm going to share some of what's going on in my life, those wins as well as the challenges and also how I came to this topic of tree hugging. I'm going to tell you how to hug a tree if you've never done it before and why you want to hug a tree if you haven't done it recently or ever and also the science of it because there is science that proves the benefits of it and also we're going to talk about how you connect can connect more with yourself and others okay so we've got a lot to explore. So I'm just going to be really authentic and vulnerable with you today, and I always am, but today I feel a little more tender, and I just want to lean into that. So in order for me to connect with myself and you, I must be vulnerable, right? So for those of you who don't really know how to be vulnerable, because I did not used to know how to be vulnerable. I did not grow up in an environment where like people were just vulnerable and I never understood why you would want to be vulnerable because it seems weak to me, right? But now we see through research, through like a shift in consciousness that really vulnerability is a strength and the reason why we want to be vulnerable is to connect, that we can connect with others when we're vulnerable. And when we can connect, we create a web of support within ourselves, right? So we don't feel like we're all alone. And that was what several of the women at this recent group coaching at the mastermind, they were like, wow, it's just so refreshing to not feel alone. It's like other people are going through life and challenge as well. And so that is the benefit of being vulnerable. So I'm going to demonstrate that for you today if you're like, I don't even know how to be vulnerable, okay? Um, So first, I'm going to start with the biggest wins of 2024 so far. And they're just, I'm going to put it into one. So basically, organic roots, like our business organic roots is thriving. We've been invited to various events. We've had several visits from universities on the farm. Um, Kippy's putting up stakes. That's my husband. He's putting up stakes and preparing for planting the vineyard next month. We had an awesome coaching mastermind kickoff with just a great group of women. 
Um, the yoga studio is lively and what else? We had an awesome um, Organic Roots Academy donor event and it just feels like things are thriving and flourishing and we've put a lot of intention and work into our business of Organic Roots and our community and all the parts, you know, from coaching to yoga to the farm to the school and it's just beautiful to see the fruits. So that feels great. And now my biggest challenge, I would say that doesn't feel so great. This is like the tender part that feels a little like, oh, is parenting. So I have three daughters. They're two, four and seven. And, you know, sometimes with all the different areas of our life and it's that beauty of creating balance, like sometimes we feel great. Right. And I feel like, oh, my gosh, like my kids are great. I'm a great parent. Everything's going well. And other times it's just like, oh, my gosh, what is actually happening? (laughs) So one of the challenges right now in parenting is, you know, my husband and I many times feel torn between how we want to parent, like as a conscious, you know, like we're yogis, we teach yoga, we want to communicate with our children. We want to respect them and we want them to respect us. And we don't want to demand that they obey us, but we want to instill collaboration. And it all sounds beautiful, right? And also like when you're instilling that kind of culture, like they don't have it at two, four and seven where they're just like, yes, let's collaborate. (laughs) Right. So sometimes it's like, okay, we're collaborating, but then it feels like they're not being respectful. Right. They talk like I'm not listening to you and I'm not going to do that in this kind of way that we are like as parents, like, okay, wait a minute. Like we were raised where we had fear, not like we're terrified of our parents, but you know, like we were scared to disobey because you would get a spanking or you would have like some consequence. And we had a different style of parenting. So we have this kind of dissonance where we're torn between what, how we want to parent. And then when we don't get the results that we would love, when it doesn't feel easy, when we don't see that instant gratification of them being like, yes, this is wonderful parenting. Thank you for being patient and yogis. (laughs) Right. And then we're like, okay, maybe we should like switch something up or whatever the thing is. And another challenge of that is that sometimes, and it doesn't really happen, but we had it happen this week where we get a comment from a family member, right? Uh, either direct it, di- directly to us or like passively. And when we have a comment about our parenting, you know how it happens. It's like you, we get those, and I don't think it's just with parenting. You can probably apply this to your life, but it's like when you feel like you're doing your best But like you're giving all, you're all right. And it's kind of like this feeling almost of like a balloon. And you're like, you're blowing all your energy and all your air into it. And then someone comes and says something to you who is like the closest people to you, right? Because you don't really care if it's a stranger, but somebody who you care about them and what they think. And it feels like this needle going into your balloon and it pops and you just feel deflated. Well, that's kind of how it was this week right? It's like sometimes you can hear that comment and you, it's very easy to not take it personal. And then other times when you're already kind of struggling and then you hear that, it's just so much easier to take it personal. 
So the challenge for me right now is to not receive those words and to make them true, right? Because then I can take that on to me and I'm like, yes, you're right. Like I'm a horrible parent. And that's where my brain keeps wanting to go this week of like, yeah, see, oh, look how they're acting now. See, see, they're like out of control. And so the challenge right now is to intentionally refocus my attention to what I am doing as a parent and that no one is a perfect parent and that my children have their own free will. And while I can demonstrate to them, right, I can demonstrate values, I can show them compassion, but ultimately I cannot control them. Now I could in a very dominant way, I could break them. I could break their spirit. And I saw this like when my oldest daughter, who's seven now, when she was three, I started to like put her in time out like over and over again because of something that she was doing. And I saw this look in her eyes shift and I was like, oh man, like I feel like I could break her spirit right now and she would be submissive, but I don't want to raise submissive humans, right? I want to raise empowered women. I'm raising daughters, So do you see the conflict? It's like, yes, I want them to be respectful, but I don't want to break them. And if that means going through their childhood where I am going to have to do more work on me and not, you know, they talk in a certain way that I don't want and I have to keep reinforcing and being patient, I would rather do that work than to break their spirits. So, but let me tell you, okay, the story... (laughs) This week gets a little better into last night. Not really better, but a little more like what is happening, Selena. So uh, last night, right, as I'm saying, like I've been more tender, more aware of how my kids are acting. And last night they were just like screaming and crying at the same time and like acting crazy. And I'm, I'm focused on what they're not doing, right, and how they're being disrespectful because I had this comment, right? So I'm like seeing it. And eventually they calm down, right? But I'm already kind of feeling a a bit defeated, but they go to sleep. And then my older daughter starts crying in her room. And she does this when she wants to get attention. Like if she wants somebody to come cuddle her, um, she knows she's not supposed to come downstairs. So she won't come downstairs, but then she will start crying. And so as I'm focused on like, I need to discipline them, right? I, and I have this, all this happening in my head of like, okay, I can't go right now to her because she needs to know the boundary that you're not going to cry and I'm going to come to you. So instead of going up there and giving her a hug, which is what she needed and wanted, I shot up the stairs and I'm like, be quiet, go to bed. (laughs) And she keeps doing it. And her sisters are sleeping And so then I yell upstairs again, and I'm like, if you don't stop right now, I'm going to send you outside. And you guys, like, it's it was nine o'clock and 40 degrees outside. (laughs) And I just realized I was like, whoa, 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 Selena, like, what is happening? You are not in control of yourself right now. And so I just sat down, like I laid down on my bed and she kept crying. So she's crying louder and louder. And if you don't have kids, like apply this to what 
this kind of thing that happens in your life. But if you have kids, like I know you've experienced this before. So she's crying louder and louder, right? To like get my attention. And I'm thinking how she's going to wake up everyone. And I was like, I need to get control of myself because right now my emotions are completely in control of me. And I want her to stop and she's not stopping. So I plug my ears, I put music on and I just breathe. And that is like the power of breath. Like I just connected to my breath. I allowed her to cry without trying to control her. And I just leaned into the fact that like, I don't have control. Like I cannot control what my daughters do. Right. And I know that this is never going to go away because I coach people with grown children and they're still like, we want to have some control. We want them to make good decisions and we want them to do the right thing, but I do not have control. And if I don't release this now, when they're, I'm going to still keep trying to control them when they're adults. So I just breathed and I think I was crying too, probably. I don't remember if I was crying last night. I was definitely crying this morning, but I was like just breathing. And eventually she went to sleep and I went to sleep. And of course, my husband wasn't at home at the time. You know, if he was at home, I feel like it would have been really helpful. And because we tag team, like sometimes he'll say to me, like, girl, I just cannot show up as my best self right now. And I'm like, I've got you. And then if I'm like, I can't show up as my best self, he's like, I've got you. And he'll go handle it. But he wasn't home. And so I needed to like tap into my strength to be like, okay, you just have to like connect with your breath and chill out. So anyways, we went to sleep and in the morning, which I'm going to get to the tree hugging part now. Okay. So I just knew that I needed to connect with nature and I've been having that desire this week of like just getting back to basics, to my roots. I feel so connected to nature. Like it's the most spiritual place for me. The trees, the sun, the animals, like everything is naked. It's in its raw form. Like it is vulnerable. I can be vulnerable and just feeling completely connected there. And as I was walking, this was the time when I was crying. So I'm like walking on the trail and I'm just like crying. And if you haven't cried recently, please go let yourself cry. Like it is the best cleansing ever like go by yourself somewhere. Just allow yourself to release any pent up emotions. It feels so good. So I was walking and I was crying. And then you guys, a raccoon crossed my path. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. So in Native American culture, like raccoon is a sign of playfulness, resourcefulness, and adaptability. And I just felt so seen and so held by uh, by a force greater than me, right? And it, it was just so reassuring. And I've had that happen in other times when I felt defeated, you know, having like a fox cross my path or an owl. And it was just amazing. So I kept walking and I got down to the point we have like this lake behind our house. So I'm at the lake and I see this tree and it was like some people have carved like their names in other trees. And I just, and I went to one that like had nothing carved because it felt, I don't know, I kind of always hurt a little bit when I see the carving in the tree. So I found just like this beautiful beech tree and I just embraced it. And listen, I know some of you are like, this is some weird hippie stuff. And it is. And you should totally try it because it feels so good. And I'm going to tell you the science of it as well. 
But I just hugged that tree and my whole body like relaxed. And for me, that feeling of hugging a tree is like this nurturing grandmother energy. And each tree kind of feels different. And it has to do with, you know, I think what type of tree and how old it is. But this tree just felt so much wiser and stronger. And I felt like how alive she is. And I leaned my cheek against her bark and I felt the coolness of her bark. And I just really allowed myself to release completely and to like do like the, the, you know, like little baby sob of like, (laughs) you know, and just, it just felt so freeing. So I'm going to tell you before you guys, before I lose you guys who are like, this is so hippie. (laughs) I'm going to tell you like what is happening that's backed by science. Okay. So they've done studies about hugging a tree. And so it actually significantly drops your heart rate and your blood pressure. How amazing. So you don't have to go like straight to take some pill. Like you could just hug trees more to, to lower your blood pressure. The parasympathetic nervous system is more active. So that's the part of the nervous system. That's the rest and digest part of the nervous system, right? So it slows down that like fight or flight activity and it just allows everything to slow down. The concentration of the hormone cortisol is lowered, Okay, so your stress hormones go down. Hugs, hugging trees also produce oxytocin. Now, what they found is it doesn't matter what you're hugging. So you could be hugging your partner, your pet, or a tree. You, re, you produce oxytocin. That's the love hormone. So you automatically, and I think for me, that's why I feel that like nurturing female energy of like hugging a grandmother. And just overall, it's found to create more relaxation, more comfort, and more emotional balance, which, I mean, we could all use that, right? (laughs) Um, Spending time in the forest also reduces brain activity significantly, okay? So when we start to have all of these thoughts and we have so much overstimulation in our society now, phones and research and books, all this information. So when we get into the forest, we reduce our brain activity. It's also been demonstrated that spending time in the forest increases the number of natural killer cells, okay? So the killer cells like fighting cancer and autoimmune disorders, different things like that, right? So it's just good for us in all these different ways. So see, it's not a hippie thing. It's not just a hippie thing. It's also a science thing. (laughs) Okay. So I wanted to tell you, I, I'm always like curious about how did this get started even? And the first documented tree huggers were Bishnois in India. And so as I was researching this, I was like, oh, I actually have a book that we read to my daughters about these people, about this tribe in India. It was in the 1700s and foresters came to cut down all of their trees because they were going to build a palace. And one of the women hugged a tree and it was like in this, you know, they were protesting. And so they were like, okay, we're going to protect these trees by hugging them. And so that kind of that spread across the world and people started to do that as they were protesting deforestation in other places. 
but then they also were not doing it just to protest, not just to protest, but also to connect with nature when forest bathing became more known and the benefits, right? As more and more people move out of um, you know, natural places, like they're not living in farms or neighborhoods where they even have trees. A lot of people don't have access to trees so easily. They have to go to a park. And so they were noticing the effect of that on humans and how they could create more of that foresting effect and the health benefits, right? With the, with, if you haven't heard of foresting or forest bathing, research it. You Actually, you don't need to research it. Just go into nature. That's it. You just spend time in nature and it gives you all these amazing benefits. So I'm going to give you some tips if you're a newbie to tree hugging. I just, I love that we're talking about tree hugging on this podcast. It's so fun. Um, so I'm going to give you some tips if you're new or if you have tree hugged, but you haven't done it in a long time and maybe just to make it a little more intentional. So the first thing is going by yourself. I think that when you go by yourself, like there's none of this kind of immature giggling or feeling, feeling silly, right? Like you can just go and nobody's looking at you. So you're just like by yourself with you and the tree. And then you look around and you look for a tree that you're attracted to, right? So like sometimes there's when you just like feel like, okay, that's my tree. So find that tree and then really notice it, right? It's the practicing mindfulness, being in the present, bringing your senses into it and really being able to enjoy it, right? Like seeing it, touching the bark, smelling it. I mean, you could even taste it if you want. I don't usually do that, but maybe that could be the next level for me, right? (laughs) And then just hugging it, right? Like you hug it as if this is your long lost friend or your family member or someone you know, and you can explore like hugging it tight or hugging it gently and placing your cheek or your forehead or giving it a kiss, like whatever you want to do. And just taking a few breaths into it and staying for as long as you want. And you may just be there for a while and, and, You know, in hugs, like with a human, sometimes you can feel awkward because you're like, how long should I hug? I want to hug longer, but is it too long? And with a tree, like you can't get it wrong. So you get to just hug as long as you want. And you could take a break. You could go hug another tree. And then you can just hang out by the tree. So like after I hugged the tree this morning, I just sat down in the woods. And I'm finding actually an an ant on my pants right now that I brought with me from the woods. So you can just sit there and breathe and take in the smells and the sights and just this feeling of getting back in harmony with nature. And you will feel as you build awareness, you will literally feel your body slowing down. You will feel your heart rate slowing down. The vibration that most of us are functioning at right now is so much, it's not really the vibration, but it's like the frequency or the rhythm. Our rhythm is so much quicker because everything is quick in our day and age. Fast food, technology, respond immediately. Where's the text? I texted you two seconds ago. You haven't replied. But when we get into nature, we're like, oh, like everything just slows down a bit. 
And don't worry if you feel like this is too slow for me or I feel a little like, oh, I should be doing something different. It's your first time. It's okay. Like take your time, get used to it and you will start to love this. Like I don't know anyone who has started forest bathing or spending more time in nature who was like, I hate it. Like you, you're going to just feel the benefits and the effects. So going into a park or a forest, right? Like if you don't have a forest close, try to find a park where you have some privacy. And once you've done that, right, we're talking about connection on this episode today as well. So really connecting with yourself. You can connect with what your needs are right now. Maybe what your biggest win is so far this year. Maybe your biggest challenge either so far this year or just this week, like what is on your heart. And then it allows you to really kind of go deeper into your needs. So doing that this morning gave me the space to set a connection intention for myself this week, right? So I used to have a lifestyle where I could literally unplug and just go spend a week in nature and it didn't matter. Like nobody was going to miss me. (laughs) And well, I mean, they might miss me, but they would, they were like, okay, like she's just like off her phone. Like it was normal. But now I have responsibilities. I run a business. I can't just like totally disconnect next week anyways, because I'm not set up for that. I could plan in advance, but I want to next week. What I'm going to do is just actually starting today, I'm going to spend five days connecting. So in order to connect more with myself, my family, nature, trees, I'm going to turn my phone off. So it's totally off unless I have a coaching call. I'll be on my coaching call and then I will turn my phone on at 5 p.m. to check messages and then turn it off by 6 And you may be listening to this like, wow, that's really specific. And I'll tell you why it needs to be specific when you're setting an intention like this. If it's not specific, the reptilian brain who's used to getting all the dopamine from technology will be like, oh, you said you weren't going to be on it as much. So maybe we can get on it right now. Or, oh, you didn't say a specific time. So maybe we should check it now. Oh, there might be something really important you need to check, right? And then before you know it, you haven't had any time off your phone or disconnecting from technology. So that's why it needs to be really specific. And then that's just going to give me time to like slow everything down more and feel that connection and the connection to nature and to me and fill myself up in the best way so that I can continue like giving, right? It's like that for me is just filling my cup up so much so that it overflows and then I can pour out onto everybody else. So I encourage you all, you know, after you've gone and hugged a tree and connected with yourself and the earth, I encourage you to do what I did today, to be vulnerable with someone and remember that being vulnerable creates connection with them, okay? So it's really hard to connect with somebody who's like always perfect. Like, have you had a friend like that? Or maybe you're the one, right? It's like you want to connect, but you have a hard time opening up and being vulnerable because you're worried that they're going to judge you and you judge yourself for that. So you could start with just a baby step, right? To even say like, wow, I've just noticed that I'm judging myself recently. Like, do you ever do that? Or just creating some kind of dialogue, right? To connect 
a bit more than, hey, how are you? What did you eat this week, right? Like, oh, where'd you get that purse? But to connect on a deeper, more human level, to embrace your humanness, it just creates so much more support. Like we feel like a web, like we're all interconnected. We're all in this together instead of everyone just trying to show their best side all the time. And like, yes, life is great. Even though, you know, it's like terrible. And it doesn't mean to say that like you're having a hard time when you aren't because there are some seasons where like literally I'm like, I can't even think of a challenge. Like everything just feels amazing right now. So don't like make up a challenge if you don't have one, but allow yourself to be authentic, right? Okay. Have a beautiful week. I feel so connected to you. I hope you feel connected as well. I'll talk to you next week. Namaste.